I told him he could talk and talk and talk because it's me. So I've got a very short message. <laughs> um, don't be excited, Jeffrey. So it's funny, Easter for me is um, more special to me than Christmas. Um, sorry, I've just got to get myself sorted here. Uh, you know, Jeff just mentioned a few words from lines of old hymns and I don't know, the old hymns are what sticks in, I mean there's some great new songs as well, I'm not anti-new songs, don't hear me wrong but one of the songs that's been on my heart for the last few months has been On Christ the Solid Rock I Stand you know, we live on this earth things toss, the waves toss and turn but my eyes are focused on him, on, on Christ the Solid Rock I Stand, when all around is sinking sand my hope is built on nothing less so my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' love and his righteousness. When all around me my soul gives way, he then is all my strength and stay. Amen. So thank you, Father, as I come to just share a little bit of what Easter to me, the, the specialness of what Easter is, the power of what Easter is, and how we can have that power every day. In Jesus' precious name, amen. So I just wanted to start, like Mandy, a bit of an old song, like last week. Um, but <laughs> actually, you were right, it was in the 90s, because that song, the, I thought when you said Larnell Harris, I thought, oh, the one in the 80s. There was one that they did in the 80s, but that was a 90s one. Um, but this one is very much well and truly in the 70s because it was originally written by second chapter of Acts. I'm not sure if anyone remembers the second chapter of Acts. But second chapter of Acts had Matthew Ward in it and his two sisters. <laughs> Anne and I can never remember the other sister's name. Had really high voices. And Matthew Ward was actually headhunted in the secular world because he had a voice that matched... Freddie Mercury on a whole another level. But he just would, he refused. He just would not go into the secular scene. He just continued. He said, I only preach. I only sing God's songs. So they originally wrote Easter song, you know. That's the song they wrote. But they collaborated a lot with Keith Green. Now, a lot of you might remember Keith Green. So Keith Green added another verse into the song. And that's the version I've got is the Keith Green and it's Keith Green singing. I... It's really hard to find my uh, second chapter of Acts. One's on video to show. Um, but the Easter song, and this song to me is always Easter to me. I don't know. Growing up, it was a song that we always sung, always listened to. So I hope it blesses you as it blesses me. Thank you, Marcus. Angel 
upon the tombstone said he has risen just as he said quickly now go tell his disciples that Jesus Christ is no longer dead joy to It's not the original, because the second chapter of Acts is the original. It's my favourite version. So um, anyway, I really have been going through the Christmas message in Mark. So that's where I'm getting my scriptures from. So Mark 12, uh, 28 to 31. Then one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, 
Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it is, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbour as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So Easter for me shows how much God loved us all. Before Jesus came, there were so many rituals to cleanse and to have sins forgiven. You couldn't just come into church. If you'd sinned, you had to bring an offering. You had to... It was a, a ritual. It was processes, what you had to do, how to wash yourself, how to do this and that. For women, you could not socialise. One of the beautiful things about Easter is how many women are mentioned in the Bible around the Easter message. Who was, who was that found Jesus was not in the tomb? The Marys. <laughs> Mary and the other Mary. But also, and I mean, there there's some of the scriptures I've got, it, it talks about the women that worked, like who travelled with Jesus, ministered to Jesus, uh, worshipped Jesus. They are mentioned. So to me... When women in that society spent half the time isolated because when they were bleeding, after they had babies, they weren't allowed to socialise. They had to go through a ritual of cleansing and, you know, there were so many restrictions. So that story of the woman who had an issue of blood that had gone on for years, her story of crawling through the crowd just to touch the hem of his garment because she knew that would heal her, the power would heal her. That is so strong, that message, because she would have been going against all of what that society deemed what she should be doing. She went against what they deemed what she should have been doing. And she believed. So they were deemed uncleaned. Perfect, you know, that's the perfect example of that woman with the issue of blood. Jesus took our sins at the cross. He took our shame our sicknesses, our burdens, and so much more when he went and died on the cross. I think as a child growing up listening to my father do certain sermons, I used to think, well, it was easy for God. It was easy for Jesus to go to the cross because that was always the plan. I used to just think it was a wonderful thing that he did. But then when you read through the scriptures, the you know, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Gethsemane, I can never say it, um, the anguish that he went through. Lord, please take it from me. But if it is your will, I'll do it. So Mark 14, if you'd like to turn to Mark 14. I've got to get there too, don't worry. Verse 53. And I've got a lot of scripture, so sorry, because... To me, Easter, what more can I say that's not in the scriptures? Can't really add too much more. But one of the things about Easter is, I don't know, I'll say it now. The, a week ago they were all worshipping and, and going, Hosanna in the highest, let's lay down our garments, let's lay down the palms, we worship you, you're the great one, oh you know, to a week later where they're going, crucify him, crucify him. No, we don't, want, we don't want Jesus. We want Barabbas. We want the murderer. We want him saved. 
So the scripture in verse 50, just before 50, sorry, before the, then they all forsook him and fled. That was, this is, um, yeah, I just, that was in the Garden of Gethsemane. The, the, um, they all just left him. They're scared. So Jesus faces the Sanhedrin. So a little bit of, because this is to me all about Easter. I know this is where Good Friday is about the death of Christ, but Easter Sundays are the resurrection. But, and they led Jesus away to the high priest, and with him were assembled all the chief priests, the elders and the scribes. But Peter followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest. And he sat with the servants and warmed himself at the fire. Now the chief priests and all the council sought testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but found none. For many bore false witness against him, but their testimonies did not agree. Then some rose up and bore false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple made with hands, and within three days I will build another made without hands. But not even then did their testimony agree. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Do you answer nothing? What is it these men testify against you? But he kept silent and answered nothing. Again the high priest asked him, saying to him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? Jesus said, I am, and you will see the Son of God, the Son of Man, sitting at the right hand of the power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, What further need do we have of witnesses? You have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? And they have and they all condemned, condemned him to be deserving of death. Then some began to spit on him and to blindfold him and to beat him and to say to him, prophesy, and the officers struck him with the palms of their hands. So and then Mark 15. I hope you don't mind me reading a lot of the scriptures. So immediately in the morning, the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council. And they bound Jesus, led him away and delivered him to Pilate. Then Pilate asked him, are you the king of the Jews? He answered and said to him, it is as you say. And the chief priests accused him of many things, but he answered nothing. Then Pilate asked him again saying, do you answer nothing? See how many things they testify against you. But Jesus still answered nothing, so that Pilate marvelled. Now at the feast he was accustomed to releasing one prisoner to them, whomever they requested. And there was one named Barabbas, who was chained with his fellow rebels. They had committed murder in the rebellion. Then the multitude, crying aloud, began to ask him to do just as he had always done for them. But Pilate answered them, saying, Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? For he knew that the chief priests had handed him over because of envy. So Pilate, looking through, had no evidence. There's no evidence. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd so that he should rather release Barabbas to them. Pilate answered and said to them again, What then do you want me to do with him whom you call the king of the Jews? So they cried out again, Crucify him. Then Pilate said to them, Why, what evil has he done? But they cried out all the more, Crucify him. So Pilate, wanting to gratify the crowd, released Barabbas to them, and he delivered Jesus after he had scourged him to be crucified. 
Then the soldiers led him away into the hall called Praetorium, and they called together the whole garrison, and they clothed him with purple, and they twisted a crown of thorns, put it on his head, and began to salute him, Hail, King of the Jews. Then they struck him on the head with a reed, and spat on him, and bowing the knee, they worshipped him. And when they had mocked him, they took the purple off him, put his own clothes on him, and led him out to crucify him. Then they compelled a certain man, Simon, a Cyrenian, the father of Alexander and Rufus, as he was coming out of the country and passing by to bear his cross. And they brought him to the place called Golgotha, which is translated place of a skull. Then they gave him wine mingled with myrrh to drink, but he did not take it. And when they crucified him, they divided his garments, casting lots for them to determine what every man should take. Now it was the third hour, and they crucified him, and the inscription of his accusation was written above, the King of the Jews. With him they also crucified two robbers, one on his right and the other on his left. So the scripture was fulfilled, which says, and he was numbered with the transgressors. And those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, Ha ha, you who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests also, mocking among themselves with the scribes, said, He saved others, himself he cannot save. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross that we may see and believe. Even those who were crucified with him reviled him. Now when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is translated, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those who stood by when they heard that said, Lord, he is calling, look, he is calling for Elijah. Then someone ran and filled a sponge full of sour wine, put it on a reed and offered it to him to drink saying, let him alone, let us see if Elijah will come to take him down. And Jesus cried out with a loud voice and breathed his last. Then the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. So when the centurion who stood opposite him saw that he cried out like this and breathed his last, he said, truly, this man was the son of God. There were also women looking on from afar, among whom were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the Less and of Joseph and Salome, who also followed him and ministered to him when he was in Galilee, and many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem. So, then Mark 16. He's risen. Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, bought spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they said among themselves, Who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him, as he said to you. So they went out quickly and fled from the tomb, for they trembled and were amazed, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Now when he arose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept, 
And when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe. After that, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Later, he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptised will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So that is our commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. So I know a lot of scriptures and one of the powerful imageries of me is for me for Easter is the Palm Sunday to the resurrection. Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna in the highest to crucify him. No, we want Barabbas. So for me, Easter is always a time to reflect on how can I be showing more of Christ's love to this world? Because we have the answer. Let us not be so fickle in our walk. Let us not be the crowd. You know, there were people that were calling out to have him crucified who'd followed him for the three years and saw the miracles and saw his goodness and his grace and yet they wanted him crucified in our walk with the Lord we as Jeff said earlier we do we we miss the mark we don't always we're not perfect we and I'm not saying we have to be perfect but we have to keep it is well with our soul keep our eyes on him know when we've stuffed up and go right I've stuffed up we've got to keep moving forward We need to love all. Last week when Jeff put the dot on the wall, you know, so many of us get focused on a dot in our lives. For those that weren't there, it was just a dot on the white wall. We're supposed to see the wall, not just the dot. But we've become so focused on things in this world that overshadow the things, the greatness of God. The most powerful message we can show this failing world is the love we have for one another. I don't know about you, but Christians are one to are great ones to pull down other Christians. And I think as Christians we need to stop doing that. We need to lift up every single person that calls Jesus the Son of God. They may do things differently. They may have different worldviews. They may have a different opinion on what you think is the right opinion. But they love the Lord just like you. And we need to, you know, despite our different worldviews, despite our different upbringings, we've all been brought up differently. I was brought up in church. Does that make me any more of a Christian than anyone else here in this room? No. Um, despite our perceived failings that trouble us and make us feel unworthy. So many times when, we, when I go through things, I think, I've stuffed up, I can't be seen doing anything because I've stuffed up. You know, but I could go on, but the message of the cross is one of love, forgiveness and grace. Yes, we stuff up. Yes, we do things wrong. 
but keep our eyes focused on him. Let us live and show this to all those we come in contact with. Is anyone here to, you know, has that? I know it's a short message, but to me, we need to be one. And, you know, when you read the scriptures in um, all about, you know, when they ask, how will we know when your time is near? You know, everyone's like, oh, all these things are happening. We're, you know, in the last days. But every generation has been in the last days. There has been things going on left, right and centre. All he tells us to do is to live each day for him, to show his love to all, not to just some, not to just those who think the same as we do, not to those who worship Christ like we do, but to all. So as Christians, let us be one, ones who show God's love. Because that is a powerful message. So thank you, Father. Easter. So much potential for us as Christians to live and walk out your love, your grace and your forgiveness in our life. Thank you, Father, for all that you took upon that cross for us. Father, no more can we be ashamed by things of our past or things that we've done, things we've said, the hurts we may have done to others. Father, when we truly ask for repentance and forgiveness, you truly forgive us, and it's wiped clean. So I thank you, Father, that each and everybody in this place today will know the power of your resurrection in their lives. Father, because of you, we can face tomorrow. It's not because of the strength in our own selves. It's because we lean on the everlasting arms of Jesus Christ. Leaning on the everlasting arms is sometimes when we have to let go of our our own ability and lean into on your ability. So thank you, Father, that as we go out this week, we live our resurrected life, your resurrected life, your life where you gave us the hope and the courage and the strength to go forward. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Now, I am the fault of why there was no music today because I swapped with Suli because I forgot about Elvis next week. Um, I was supposed to be preaching next week. Um, But I had a song and we're just going to play it because... (laughs) I was going to sing it, but I can't because there's no ability to do that now. But um, so it's just one of my favourite songs as well, and I hope you enjoy it too. Who taught the sun where to stand in the morning? And who told the you can only come this far And who showed the moon Where to hide till leaving Whose words alone can catch a falling star 
Redeemer lives. I know that because I speak to him every day. He speaks to me and I know his very presence with me. And I pray for each of you that you have his presence with you this every day, this week. Always, not just for this week. Go out. Have a, Well, Jeffrey, did you want to? No? Okay. Thank you, Father. May this day be one of joy. And Father, as we go out, we lift up your name. We show your love. We show your grace. My Redeemer lives. And the reason I know that is your very presence with me. In Jesus' precious name. Amen.